Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa and this is our solo podcast with just me. And you're probably wondering, Lisa, when you updated the podcast just a couple weeks ago, you said that this was going to be a bonus episode in between the Word of the Week episodes. I'm glad you were paying attention. And yes, and I may have, in fact, already changed my mind about that. But in this case, I actually decided to hold off on the solo podcast because I thought you would want to hear about my amazing time at a luxurious King Spa, a Korean bathhouse that opened during the middle of COVID. And I went with one of my good, very bestie mentor lady friends. And we tried something called the V steam. And that's right. V as in your vagina. So I thought, you know what, our listeners really need to know about this. So as such, I delayed the podcast because you deserve to hear about amazing things that I do just to bring you entertainment. So before we get to that, I know I already teased you a little bit. I'm going to talk about a few things that I've gone really into and wanted to share. So the three things I wanted to bring today One, I took a Coursera course. Like I said, COVID wasn't super rough. I mean, lots of people had it harder. But I think when you say stuff like that, you bring down what you're going through. So I often joke with my friends, oh, these are first world problems. When something doesn't go your way or you have to joke about something or reschedule something, but it's still your problem in the moment. Uh, So I did end up taking a Coursera course called The Science of Well-Being. It was highly recommended by some of my coworkers who had taken it during COVID. It's on Coursera for free. So you two could just jump off here and start taking it. It's self-paced. And it really helped, uh, especially after, uh, not doing the podcast for a while. Surprisingly, the podcast really keeps me grounded. Having little mini goals, words of the week, having to talk to people who are not actually in the room. (laughs) They're my virtual friends. But knowing that there might be someone listening, that kept me grounded a lot. Uh, when that went away, I didn't realize how much of an impact it had, but I also needed to regroup, yeah, obviously for eight months or so. Part of that was all the reading. You may remember I would read all the books, all the articles, and figure out things from there. This was uh, no exception. But I can't say that I've really gone and finished a class in a really long time. Have you tried a... Maybe it's a YouTube video or a Pinterest or uh, you subscribe to an online class. I know a lot of my friends are doing like Data Camp or Udemy.com. And have you actually finished 
I, this is really hard for me. That was one of the reasons last year, the word of the year was finish. So I did finish this class. So the whole point of it was this Yale professor, she's a beautiful soul, goes through actually what gives you well-being. It's not the same as being happy. It's what are the eight things that you need. So here's here's some of them. Good sleep, meditation, time affluence. Uh, so that's the ability to just go and do something. So if one of my friends says, hey, you want to go out for lunch or you want to go do something, do you have the time affluence to do that? Or are you so busy that it's probably stressing you out? Exercise, social connections. Uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be like best friends. In fact, it can be just talking to a stranger. And the other day I was talking to one of our shuttle bus drivers uh, about the ridiculous things that we heard on the radio. It was not more than like two minutes, but we were laughing and it gives you a big boost uh, that you learn if you take the class. Acts of kindness. They don't have to be huge, but you know, everyone kind of knows about the, hey, maybe you should pay for someone behind you in, in Starbucks or drive through or something. Gratitude. I know I'm a big fan of making the, writing down three things at the end of the day that I'm grateful for. And then goal setting. Oh my gosh, you know, I love goal setting. Just all the goal setting. So those are eight things that they go through through the class. And the homework is actually working on for the week, those things. It's about 10 weeks. You can definitely binge the class, but you probably shouldn't. So I actually did it for a 10 to 12 week. I was also surprised when I started telling people about this class how many of my guy friends had taken it. Um, my boss, who seemed super sure of himself, and he said he got a lot out of it. And um, uh, one of my curmudgeon uh, old coworkers, he had taken it and loved it. So the other thing it does is you take a happiness test. There are two types of tests you can take, and it gives you a quantitative number, I'll say that like, you know, number, but it is based on, uh, how you were feeling on a scale of, you know, one through 10 on things like engagement, relationships, accomplishment, health, negative emotions, and overall well-being. So it turns out many of you won't be surprised. I'm a fairly happy person. I think I got on the authentic happiness scale, a 3.54. I believe that's out of a five. I did go up to a 4.17 at the end of the class. And actually it was relationships and meaning that went up the most. I think also health. I did have something go down. It was negative emotions, which is actually a bonus for that. Uh, so it gives you a barometer of, okay, if you were happy or not happy, how much improvement do you see? So that was great. And then looking at your strengths, they gave you um, how strong are some of your, um, you choose the strengths that you have. So some of my strengths I chose, I wanted to see if I could work on it. It was humor, social intelligence, zest, a zest for life. You know, I want that. 
kindness and creativity. So these were all things that I thought I wanted to work on and you would write down um, for that week, some of the homework. So that's just an example of some of the homework. There was a whole week where you got to savor things. I wrote a whole page of mostly just looking at the sky and trying to figure out what clouds were, uh, you know, what animals they look like or what, what objects they look like. Uh, another one was practicing going to sleep. This was so hard. I go to sleep around 1030 at night and I get up at 5am. Ideally you want seven to eight hours of sleep and that's not seven to eight hours of sleep. And you were supposed to get like, that was your job. Your homework is to go to sleep and, and get that. I did. I did feel good, but I either ended up waking up at seven, which uh, like I am, meaning I f- forgoed my beautiful morning routine or I went to bed at like nine o'clock. And that's usually the time where I put in like my garbage TV watching. A, I mean, is that important? I don't actually watch a lot of TV. So Missing my garbage TV was kind of important. (laughs) That's also the time I, you know, just my brain just breaks down. But would it also be good if I went to bed? So I did enjoy getting sleep. Uh, I did revert back, though. I'm back on my 1030 to to 5 a.m. The other one that was mind blowing, long time listeners know I hate meditation. Just hate it. This class forced you to meditate. 10 to 20 minutes almost every day. So what does meditation look like? So I tried Headspace. I really don't like Headspace. I don't know what it is. Uh, I usually like things that give me like a big kudos or a gamification. And that's what it does. It's like, good job for you. Maybe you're ready for five minute meditation. You're such a, you know, guru. Instead, I uh, would just go to YouTube. So they, the class provides you with some information on what should you be doing? uh, What type of video should you be listening to? So one was a focus on kindness or something like that. So I just now, I just go to Google, type in 10 minute morning meditation. Sometimes I'll even throw an extra word in there like productive or funny or kindness, or grateful, and just pull something out of YouTube. Uh, Let me tell you, there's a lot of garbage meditations out there. It has helped me be a little bit more discerning. There was one, it was like all the colors. It was like, breathe in the purple, breathe out the brown. Oh, God. Oh, terrible. But this was one habit that I've actually continued with. I use the... We're not, we're not talking about 30 minute meditations. I'm still in a good 10 minute meditation. I don't do it when I get up, but I do a quick Google. I have some of my favorite meditations, uh, highlighted and bookmarked and it really is nice. Uh, they go in on the class of why it's super nice. Your brain kind of resets itself. You're basically telling your brain, stop it. No, stop it. No, really stop it. Just chill the F out. And I admit that my brain does need that occasionally. So that was something that I would not have predicted. 
I would say that was probably the best thing to come out of this class. Uh, and if you're like, oh, well, this was great, Lisa, but I don't have time to take a class. It is just a few videos, maybe a couple hours, not even a couple hours a week, but like the homework is probably the most uh, stuff that you have to do. There is also a podcast. It's called The Happiness Lab. She goes over a lot of the stuff. I binged all of the podcasts while I was taking the class. If you're going to go full throttle on something, you might as well do it all at the same time. It's still going. I think she's on like season three. Uh, and there's a big mental health section that she just did. So I think season three was instead of focusing on happiness, she focused on mental health and like, how do you deal with negative emotions and rebounding back? So also fantastic. I can't say enough for that. It really just helped me kind of situate myself. Uh, last, it was like summer to fall was kind of where it extended. All right. So the other thing uh, I binged recently uh, was Cal Newport. So he is an author and computer scientist. He teaches at Georgetown. He lives in the DC area and he's written several books. Now I know productivity can be a jarring word. Some people hate it. Some people love it. The books I have read in the last couple of years have oscillated between how to be super productive in your life versus had to do absolutely nothing. So to stumble upon him, he's been writing for years. And the first book I read of his was so good. They can't ignore you. And I would say the reason I wanted to highlight it was I've started binging all of his books and his podcast. It's something, it's a subject on how to actually finish things. As we know, I've already said, I have a problem with finishing things and how to do it almost step-by-step. I know there are books out there that will go through step-by-step, but sometimes there's like a book and it says, you should finish things. You're going to be great. You go. And it doesn't give you a roadmap. You're like, I, I will go. I feel like I picked this book up for helpfulness. If you're going through an existential crisis in your career, in your job, in just your life, I would say definitely So Good They Can't Ignore You is a good place to start. I actually recommended it to a few ladies uh, that were just either in a slump or had something change recently that almost like rocks you, like taking a new job or take or having a job even taken away from you where you're making a transition, but you're still like half in the old job, half in the new job, or you know you're really good and maybe there's a project that has kind of rocked you like, ooh, I wonder what, I thought I was good as this. Is this just me overthinking? So Good You Can't Ignore You explains a little bit more about that weird nebulous shift of you get a job and it sucks for a while. There can be a few months where it sucks, especially if you're uh, new to the career. So you don't have a lot of career capital. And that's the word he or a phrase he uses, career capital. And somewhere along the line of doing it for a while, you get career capital. And it's something that I 
don't feel is celebrated or acknowledged. I often joke in my job that I don't necessarily have a a very good resume. If you want to rattle off skills I have, they can often seem a little on the fluffy side. And yet I'm a huge asset. If you, if you get me on your team, you are welcome, but it's very hard to to convince someone if they're like, well, do you code? Do you uh, have the skill set that we asked for for this job? Or even just looking at more alternative jobs. If you're your own person working, you know, you could be going through some transition. You could be having new things piled on and you're probably good at it, but you may not be able to articulate it very well. It's career capital. It's because you've been doing it so long, it almost becomes second nature. So often my delegation of tasks. So if I call someone, I'm like, hey, can you help me with this? I really don't know. That has come around because I've built out my network. And that's the career capital I have. It's half of it is my network, knowing who does what. And people respect that it just may not come out in their words, right? They know that person is great. They can get the job done. But what does that really mean? It's career capital. You've built it up, but it does take time. And so I think sometimes when you're going into a new transition, new life, uh, you know, a new side hustle almost, you start building up career capital, but we don't celebrate those achievements. And in the book, he kind of spells out, this is the natural flow of things. Uh, So really great pick-me-up and also helps you recognize your own worth and why, what you can do with it almost and why you should celebrate it. So highly recommend that book. The other books I've binged was Deep Work, I often considered myself a good multitasker. I've now changed my mind, uh, mostly because the science of well-being course says I can't be that good. And then this whole book of deep work. If you've ever looked at how to block off time, time blocking, that is very similar to what he spells out. Again, one of the reasons I think I grabbed onto him and like binged all of his stuff, uh, including his weekly podcast, is he spells out, here's what you need to do. The other thing is I rarely hear people address moms, teachers, and other fields that when you start talking about productivity often don't get mentioned. I was having a conversation about mental load with some friends yesterday, and it still is hard to describe mental load as almost a talent and also a detriment where I have so much carrying around my brain. I have to get it out. How do I get it out and how do I execute it? Uh, So, uh, you know, if you're the person in your household who takes care of a lot of the bills or if you have kids and you have kids stuff, you have to like, is it picture day? Is is my kid wearing a ridiculous shirt that I don't want on pictures? Uh, keeping all of that in your brain is the mental load. Whereas if someone just goes about their day doing the things that they prioritize and ignoring everything else, well, they could be productive too, but there are sacrifices that are then made. He actually acknowledges that 
it's it's very hard to do deep work when you have children, if you have parents you're taking care of, if you have a partner that is uh, doing uh, a more um, time intensive job. Part of your deep work is keeping everything going. Also, he acknowledged that meetings one on one is deep work if you do them right. Uh, he's also against having meetings for the sake of meetings, which I love. But if you're a teacher, your deep work is being in front of those kids and being on all day. So even though you may not think you're doing deep work because, oh, I didn't sit down and like write a book or I didn't sit down and do all this. And, you know, grading papers maybe is very shallow. Um, it is still time intensive and it requires all of you to be on point. Uh, so I liked his series of books. He has a number of them. He straddles both that I mentioned at the beginning, being super productive and being uh, doing nothing. So he only time blocks his work time and then he does nine to five and that's it. He doesn't time block his weekends. He doesn't plan them. Uh, I mean, that sounds ridiculous when you think of like all the activities you might have, but it's more of he's not doing really time focused, uh, deep work it's more of enjoying it. So he calls it slow productivity. And I think that's something I can embrace in my life, especially at this point where I'm like, well, I want to do things, but I also want to enjoy life. I also want to build relationships. And I think the Science of Wellbeing course, plus some of his books, really helped uh, solidify where I want to be after, uh, not that COVID's over, but after we started to go back towards normal. And I've adopted a lot of the practices for longer than two weeks. I know two weeks usually is my MO where I'm like, mm-hmm, I made it. I've actually done uh, a lot of these practices for over six months now. So I feel like if I keep it going for six months, it must be real. All right. You made it to the section that I know you were very excited about in the first one. What is King Spa? How beautiful is this? And what is a V-esteem? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you stuck around. So King Spa is apparently one of these luxurious Korean spas. You may have heard me, Slojana, talk about taking our naked friends, people who are willing to be naked around us, to Korean Spa, Spa World. I love me some Spa World, but they shut down during COVID, whereas this big, monstrous, luxury Korean Spa opened up. Part of it is outdoors. So that probably helped it open during COVID. Also, it's so large. Like, it's ridiculously large. You could get lost in this place. My mentor and I uh, decided to go do a trust fall in the middle of COVID. We had to go mask up. But let me tell you what we saw. So you go in. They give you the beautiful scrubbies uh, where you put on um, shorts and um, short sleeve top. That is what you're wearing around the place. Uh, they give you the uh, bracelet where you use it to like pay for things. And then you can sign up for extra appointments. They have a very naked section. The very naked section is built into the locker room. So if you go in the locker room, you can just take off all of your clothes, be completely naked. And that's where the steam room, the showers, and the hot tubbies, and then where the ladies who scrub all of your skin off. So Jana had mentioned it in an earlier podcast. She got that and she loved it. 
but their job is to scrub almost your entire epidermis off um, in a beautiful manner. You're like a baby skin afterwards. I have not tried that, but I heard it's amazing. So they have uh, that in the purely naked section. If you're like Lisa, every time you mention being naked, uh, I don't want to go. Then this is the Korean bath spa for you. So if you're not into the nakedness, you can then put on your scrub outfit and go to some of the many other rooms. Uh, So they have warm rooms. Some of them are the charcoal room. That's one of my personal favorites. It smells like charcoal um, wood. It's beautiful smelling. And it's warm in there. You lay down just on the floor. They have these neck pillows, but they're made out of baskets. Ah, it is lovely to not have your neck on the floor. And you can just skip into other rooms. So they have the ice room. So you go into your charcoal room. It's nice for about five, six minutes. Lay down quietly, then go in the ice room and cool off. The most impressive room. So they have the bathroom, uh, meaning bath, like salts, Himalayan salt room. And they had a yellow mud room and the amethyst room. They had a bunch of those. The gold pyramid room. You lay down and there's a beautiful gold pyramid. And I'm saying it looks like a gold pyramid from outside. And then you lay down and you are looking at a gold pyramid going straight above you. It's very luxurious. Supposed to be great for the skin, but you feel very decadent when you're in there. The other room that I tried, I've tried twice now. It's not my favorite. You grab these really scratchy blankets, you go in and the whole point is to like sweat your entire system out. So you cover yourself in these like blankets, like I guess maybe over your head or just around you and you immediately start sweating. It's so hot in this room. It's like a giant igloo yurt type thing. Uh, So it's very hot. It's very dark. I can take about three minutes in there and then I'm out and I definitely need the ice room. My other favorite room is the Hinoki ball pit room. So I've mentioned I love forest bathing. And one of my favorite scents, like fragrances, is Hinoki pine. It's a Japanese pine tree. This room is tiny, like a dime, as in the coin, dime-sized cubes of Hinoki. And it's a giant pit filled with them. And then you lay down. And while it may not sound comfortable, this is basically an adult ball pit. At Spa World, they had little red clay balls. I'm a big Hinoki fan. It is lovely. You just spend all your time just moving around. It feels so good. You uh, you will twist your ankle if you uh, try <laughs> in a ridiculous way to get in there. So don't do that. But ball pit. They also have a beautiful food court. I've gotten ramen noodles. I've gotten, um, I always say it wrong, bibimbap. And everything's delicious. They have little dumplings, they have juices, they have smoothies. Ugh. And it's what you need in the middle of, you know, sweating, gold pyramiding, all that stuff. Then if you want to go to the main pool, it's outside. So you put your bathing suit on, and this is for the not naked friends. If you want to be not naked, put on your bathing suit back in the locker room. You go outside. And there's all these jets and showers that are meant to massage you. There's like three hot tubs outside. I've gone in December and then uh, obviously just now. So it's like uh, early spring. So it's still butt cold out. It's a heated pool and it is 
lovely. Both times I've gone, it's been lovely. There's no regrets. And you soak yourself there. There's also a normal feeling pool. So I'm going to say it's like warmer than average, but it's still not like a heated, superheated, like 90 plus degrees pool. But there is a giant waterfall that comes out of it. And it sounds romantic. I've gone underneath it twice now. It hurts your head. Uh, I don't know why I see in movies like people doing it or like having a romantic scene in a waterfall. It hurts your head. I don't want to be making out with someone when there's like needle water pelting me on my scalp. But I did do it again. And of course, I got needle scalp. It's fine. Uh, so it's very just super nice. It's just great there. I felt I felt it was very clean. And this time I got a V steam. My mentor and I walked by this room and we saw these chairs. It was a giant hole in the chair and no one was in there. And we're like, what is this? And there's this beautiful poster as a picture of a lady with um, her, you know, pubic area, but all over the pubic area is these giant roses. It's very tastefully done. And it says, revaginate yourself. (laughs) Well, of course I want that. (laughs) So this time we signed up for it. It's a 40 minute thing. We had no idea what to expect. We didn't Google anything. Uh, We didn't even check it. It did say it cured arthritis, whooping cough, uh, common ailments. I was like, what doesn't this do? So we walk into this room. It is a like window in the room, but it's within the locker room area. So you're seeing naked butts all the time. My mentor did say when she had to talk to me, she was uh, gazing full at the uh, window door. And she's like, I just keep seeing butts go by, butts of the JJs. So we go in, we're naked. They put on what is essentially a shower curtain that's sewed up on the side. So they put it over your head. There's a little spot for your head, but it's got like an elastic. So it's kind of tight-ish around your neck area. And then there's two little holes that you stick your arms out of. So you're basically wearing a giant shower curtain muumuu. And then you lift up the back of the shower curtain muumuu over the back of these chairs that have a hole in it. And you're sitting over the hole. It's more comfortable than it sounds. And it is basically where they put this steam treatment. So it's a hot plate with boiling water underneath. And they put woodworm, mugwort, uh, some other uh, things that I don't, I don't even know existed. For an extra $10, you could have gotten dried centipede which apparently takes care of a lot of other ailments. That was a giant long list. We didn't get dried centipede this time. And then they just leave you there for 40 minutes. There are lots of call buttons around. It's like, if your hoo-ha is on fire, please let us know. Five minutes into it, I definitely had to use the call button. I was like, I think my vajayjay is a little parboiled right now. This is a lot. And you're also getting like a full steam treatment. Like the shower curtain keeps everything in. There were a couple of times where I had to like lift up my shower curtain, let out some steam because I was like, yikes. They give you um, a fan and they uh, just leave you. Like there's no one in there. So luckily I had my mentor. I don't know what it would be like if I just went by myself and was like in there for 40 minutes staring at the wall. There's no, I can't, I'm not reading anything. I guess I'm meditating while my vajayjay gets steamed. So was it worth it? Uh, it was okay. I 
liked it at the time. I felt like my great JJ has never been like steam treated before. So she came out like a beautiful, lovely unicorn ready to take on the world. They did say uh, there might be some discharge afterwards, like just because you just shoved steamy, steamy hotness up there. Take it down a few notches. Some some stuff might come out. I didn't notice anything, honestly. Um, uh, I could have done with twenty minutes, honestly. Twenty minutes, and you could have taken me out of there. I've been like, thanks, that was great. I love I love my parboiled vajayjay. I didn't notice because um, I think it's mostly for tightening, for kind of gain a lot more blood flow down there. Um, yeah, if you've ignored um, your nether region for a while. Um, it's a good, you know, spring cleaning for it. Like, hey, that's right. I do have a vajayjay. That's nice. But if you're looking for, are you going to have lasting effects from it? I don't think so. You know, I tried to see if, like, I noticed anything over the, la- the next, like, day or two. I mean... She was in nice shape, but would I say that she was doing amazing things? Not really. Uh, I would recommend it if maybe you have basically just kind of ignored that section of your body for a while and feel like you need like a good spring cleaning. Um, I don't think it's something I need to do like on a monthly basis. (laughs) I don't think it's something I need uh, again. Uh, but that might change with time. Maybe she's just in excellent shape. Uh, so it depends on you, but I will say next time I would go for the dried centipede. Maybe that's what was missing from this whole experience. So we did at the end have to call the button again, the lady to come in and be like, could you, could you maybe take us off now? We're done. We've signed for 40 minutes and they did seem surprised. And I was like, really? people like just love this so much? Like I'm sufficiently bored. I was like, I love my mentor, but we are out of conversation to have in our shower curtain mumos. The end. So would I recommend King Spa? Absolutely. And if any of you are like, oh, well, I'm a little worried to go by myself. Don't worry. Just contact me. I'll come with you. I will be your guide through this beautiful experience. I already have a date in the next month to go with another one of my friends who, again, just doesn't want to go by herself. You too can find a buddy to go through this process. I see a lot of couples actually going. I didn't normally see that at Spa World uh, because a lot of it, there was just some of the hot rooms you did together and that was it. This place especially on weekdays. I highly recommend going on a weekday, mental health day, maybe after work. Weekends, it can get kind of busy, uh, but on the weekdays, it's beautiful. And you'll see couples just acting like they're in love, weird, and hanging out together. So if you can book a king spot for yourself, you will have no regrets. So with that, that's three things from Lisa Cucci's World's that I felt like you just needed to know. And with that, LOL.